as you add more clients, as you add more money, as you add more visibility, you have to learn how to hold more pressure. And all of those things are amazing. And reaching your goals is like incredible and something to be so proud of. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes getting everything you want is really hard. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Make Bank. I'm Marie. And this episode is going to be so jam-packed with the actionable takeaways, which you know we love. So if you are able, I highly recommend pulling out a notebook and a pen or a fresh Google Doc or something to take down notes because I'm going to give you so many actionable takeaways, so many things to implement immediately that that would that would be a great call. Now, if you're driving, please don't do that. If you're folding laundry, if you're on a hawk or a walk, no worries. Totally cool. Honestly, just come back to this. Listen still <laughs> and listen a second time when you can take notes because this thing is going to be stacked with with ideas, with action steps. And honestly, probably anyone could benefit from listening twice so that you don't miss a thing. So keep listening. And at the very least, you can start kind of noodling on all the concepts that I talk about and you can start really like action planning and setting the vision in your brain. So start there, start wherever you're at and get ready to implement some game changing hacks, some CEO principles and really dive into the exact planning process that not only I use for my seven figure coaching business, but also for my clients, my high-level clients who are all building six, multiple six and seven-figure coaching businesses as well. So you can literally steal our process. And what I would start with, first of all, is setting the vision for what you even want. Because if we don't know what you want out of next year, if you don't know what you want out of your business, if you don't know what you want for your lifestyle, it's going to be hard to figure out what the plan is because we don't know where we're going. In order for us to really have a strategic, intentional game plan, we have to know where the heck we're going. Otherwise, we could be like running fast in the wrong direction. So the first thing is we need to set the vision and different people are motivated by different things. On this show, in my audience, in my coaching programs, we are not afraid to own the fact that we want to make bank, obviously. (laughs) So if a certain dollar amount is really lighting you up, if a certain revenue number, if a certain salary number for yourself, if a certain profit number is really lighting you up, great. Own that. Unapologetically step into that number and that desire, whether that is you want it to be your first six-figure year. You want to make half a million. You want to make a million. Whatever it might be, I love that for you. Own that unapologetically. If you have a very established business like I do, 
sometimes the money goals kind of lose their sparkle after a while. And it's not because I don't love money. I mean, you know that I do. (laughs) But going from, let's say, like half a million to a million or a million to two million doesn't have the same punch, (laughs) the same sparkle that like hitting your first six-figure year makes because it's no longer like this super tangible life-changing money. Like going from no business to a six-figure business is is crazy. It's amazing. Going from half a million to a million or one million to two million, you're already making good money and then you're just making more good money. So it's not quite as just exciting for the dollar amount itself. However, what does still get me excited is thinking about the long game plays of investing, growing my investment accounts, buying my next home, which we're working on for 2023, what horse shows I want to be able to fund. Like it's to me, it's more now about where the money is going, how I'm building my long-term wealth, how I'm funding a certain lifestyle versus the dollar amount itself. So maybe that feels more aligned for you is really anchoring it into an outcome and what the money is funding. Or maybe you're really lit up by a lifestyle goal. So I want to live by the beach could be a goal. Or I want to be able to quit my full-time job and work from home so I can be with my kids more. Or I want to be able to buy a new car or retire my husband or whatever it might be, buy a new house. If there's a lifestyle outcome that you want, then I also encourage you to figure out what that means financially. What is that number that makes that possible? And we can set that as the business goal, but we need to figure out what the business goal is. You can also set a goal of like how many clients you want to serve, how many people you want in your programs. I do find though that having a specific revenue number to aim for just makes it simpler for like sales planning, for making projections because it's a little bit more cut and dry. So pick your number. Pick your number, a number that's exciting, a number that stretches you, a number that makes you a little bit like nervous, gives you a little bit of butterflies because it's out of your comfort zone because that's growth, right? So pick a number that you want to aim for for next year and it should be something that feels stretchy. It should not be like a done deal. Like, oh, obviously I'm going to be able to make half a million dollars next year, whatever it is stretch yourself a little bit and pick your number. And once you have your number, we're going to start kind of going through the tangible process of auditing and setting you up for success and setting you up to hit that number. So your first step to that, once you have your number, is to audit what your offers are. And if you have more than one offer, you have what's called an offer suite. So I want you to take a look at what you've been selling for 2022. And then also what you could sell next year. So I have some clients who are more like me where it's like, okay, we have our offers. We know what they are. We love them. We're obsessed with them. We don't need more. We're going to just blow up what we already have, blow up being a positive thing in this case. Or maybe you're like some of my other clients who are feeling spicy and they want to introduce some new things and they want to shake it up a bit. So take a look at what you've been selling and what you could sell next year. And I want you to audit everything and specifically look for these 
five points. Number one, whether your offers are complementary or competing, meaning complementary offers and a complementary offer suite would mean that someone could enter at your most introductory offer and buy all of them. And it wouldn't be redundant. It wouldn't put them backwards anywhere. It wouldn't be complicated. It wouldn't be confusing. It would make sense for someone to buy like most, if not all of your offers, because they all build on each other and they all fulfill a different price point, a different transformation, a different point in their journey. They are somehow different and complementing each other versus competing. Competing offers would be offers that serve a very similar purpose, are at a similar price point, or for a similar person. And the technical term, I'm not even joking, when I learned about this in marketing school is cannibalism. Like your offers are literally cannibalizing each other because people cannot buy both. Like they are eating into the other offers growth or profits. So you want to make sure that your offer suite is complementary. And if you do introduce new offers, that it's filling a gap versus just layering on or redundant on something you already have. And if there's offers that, you know, you aren't obsessed with, which you should definitely be obsessed with what you're selling. If there are offers that you're not obsessed with, then either kill it and replace it with something better, or maybe you just need to tweak the structure or you need to tweak the transformation or you need to tweak the marketing. Maybe you need to tweak something about the offer, but you have to figure out what are you selling for next year and how can you make sure that your offer suite is synergistic, (laughs) is complementary. And when you're auditing your offer suite, I also want you to look at which are the most profitable and scalable. And if you're one of my clients, you already have your like fancy spreadsheet, your time versus money calculator that I made you, which literally spits out basically your hourly rate for each offer, depending on how much time you're spending in them. If you aren't one of my clients, you don't have that spreadsheet, but you could probably DIY one or just approximate which offers literally give you the most bang for your buck, which offers are the most profitable in terms of time spent versus money collected, and also which offers are the most scalable. Because if you're looking at major growth for 2023, you need to be prioritizing the offers that are the most profitable and the most scalable. And those are the offers that you're prioritizing in your sales plan. You also need to decide whether you should keep, grow, or shrink your offer suite. So like I said, some of my clients, including me, we're keeping our offer suite the same. We're optimizing and we're just scaling what we have. Others are growing their offer suite and adding some things in, filling some gaps. And others of my clients realize that they came in too fast, too furious, (laughs) added too many offers too soon before we worked together. And now they actually need to streamline their offer suite for better sustainability, better results, better sales. And so you have to figure out what is the direction we need to go with your offer suite. And is there anything we need to optimize with the existing offers so that they are more profitable or scalable or sustainable, or just you enjoy running them more? Look at the places where things feel sticky. Look at the places where things feel good and really make sure that we're heading into 2023 with one offers that you are obsessed with and two offers that can support your big vision goal for your business and your life. And then before you move into kind of sales planning, which is the next phase, you also need to decide which of your offers are better for open close, meaning people can join for a period of time and then they all start together they all go through it together. They all finish together. And during that time, no one new can join. So the enrollment opens and closes throughout the year, 
Or are your offers better for rolling enrollment, revolving door, evergreen, all synonyms for offers that people can jump in in at any time? Obviously, something like a course that's self-paced is rolling enrollment. It's evergreen. My programs are pretty much all rolling enrollment, online coach kickstart, rolling enrollment, but we also have enrollment pushes. We have launches, online coach empire, same exact thing. My VIP private coaching, same thing, but it's mostly private invite, but also just rolling enrollment as seats open and close. So pretty much all my offers, also content boss, technically people can join at any time. It's a course, but we will have specific kind of pushes and we're building a funnel for that as well. So at this point in my business, all of my offers are rolling, but we also have launches and strategic enrollment pushes throughout the year for cash injections and an influx of new people. So you can have kind of a hybrid, but you need to figure out how your offers are going to be structured and how they can fit into your sales plan. Speaking of sales plan, this is kind of going to be phase two. So remember phase one was auditing your offer suite. Phase two, we're building a strategic sales plan. So this is really the big picture view of how you plan to sign clients, get customers and stack cash, make bank, if you will. And so when we look at a sales plan, you're basically making a plan of what you're selling and when you're selling it. So like when you're focusing on what offer, which offers you're kind of trickling throughout the year, like every month you're planning to sell X one-on-one clients or these many people into your course. And then when your enrollment pushes might be, you should also be planning like what are the price points that you're going to be selling these at. My clients typically will plan in their price increases ahead of time and when they're going to be raising their rates. And of course, all of this is loose commitments. (laughs) None of this is set in stone. Like you make the rules so you can of course tweak and adjust as you go. Like there does need to be a level of flexibility and reading the room as the year goes on. But generally having a plan like this is so helpful because you know what the heck is going on. Like you have a sense of direction and you can plan ahead. Like you don't need to live reactively in your business and literally be winging it. That serves no one. So anyway, your sales plan should be about number one, what you're selling and when you're selling it. I like to do this when you're going for the whole year. I like to do this month by month. You're also planning what price points are and projections for then what does that mean for your kind of sales numbers? So like, let's say January projection is 20K, February is 23, March 29, whatever it might be. And you're calculating, okay, if I sell X amount of this offer, X amount of this offer, X amount of this offer at these price points, This is my projection for sales contracted that month. Okay, so figuring out what you're selling, how much you're selling it for, when you're selling it. Once you have that kind of figured out, you're also going to go in and look at, okay, what are my key marketing strategies? What are my key launch timelines? Which of these are going to be live launches? Which of these are happening just organically kind of rolling through my content? Which of these require maybe an enrollment event, like a webinar or a free challenge? Which of these are happening maybe behind the scenes with private invites or just my email list? Really thinking about what are the different like marketing options? What are the different like cards you want to play from your hand? And we're also going to look at historically how these things have 
performed in the past. So if you've been in business for a year, a couple of years, a few years, you should have data on like, okay, I know that this offer sells really well in the spring, but not as well in the fall, or this offer sells really well with a webinar, or actually I don't even need to launch this because I have so few spots that I can just do it very like chill in my Instagram stories, for example, figuring out when are you selling things? How are you going to sell them? And if you do launch, how long do those launches need to be? How hard do you have to launch? You know, sometimes my clients will have like a five-day little mini launch, a sprint launch. Sometimes others of my clients have like month-long kind of more marathon launches where they can operate at more of a leisurely pace, but for a longer amount of time. And I find that Typically, the like higher ticket programs that have really big enrollment goals, that's a longer launch typically serves that best. If you have a cheaper offer that's really hot, really in demand, you can get away with something shorter and punchier and more urgent. But nothing is a hard and fast rule is the fun part. So you have to decide how you're going to time everything and also how you're going to sequence and layer your offers. So what is the best kind of order to sell them? For example, it works really well for us to either sell Content Boss before or after we sell OCK because they are very complementary offers. Both of them serve typically like a similar level of person, but focus on different things. So Content Boss is my course for content creation and Instagram strategy. And Online Coach Kickstart is my program for beginner and aspiring online coaches who want to start, set up, launch, and scale a coaching business. So they are very complementary because of course, to have a successful coaching business, you need to be good at content. You have to have a content strategy. If you have an online business, you need to be good at being (laughs) online. And OCK has some content creation stuff. It's very like the foundations of everything. But a lot of people want to dive deeper into the strategies and the nuance of content. And that's where Content Boss comes in. So they're very complimentary offers. And we found that it works really well to sell them more or less back to back, whether it's Content Boss before or Content Boss after. We sell OCK and OCK is really my most scalable kind of signature offer with OCE, Online Coach Empire, which is my mastermind close behind. OCE is for the more established online coaches who are scaling to multiple six figures. And that program is also amazing, but OCK does the biggest volume because it can, (laughs) quite frankly. So we prioritize OCK in our sales plan, and then we build in the other offers and enrollment pushes around that. Okay, hold on. I needed to interrupt this episode quickly because I've realized that it doesn't matter how hard you work or even how quote unquote productive you are, how many hours you put in, if you are going hard in the wrong direction, which is why it is so important to be clear and confident about your goals. And that's the exact reason why I've incorporated goal setting into all of my coaching programs. Because if my clients are not clear on their goals, if they don't know where we're going and why we're going there, it doesn't matter what strategies we pull out. It doesn't matter how much planning we do. We have to get clear on what the destination is 
first. And so I swear by this goal setting visualization, and it is something that previously was only available to my clients. It's a visualization that I lead and I walk you through, and now I've made it available for free for everyone. I swear by it. Even if you're not a visualization girly, I have just converted so many people into loving a good visualization with this exact exercise. So I'm going to leave a link to it in the episode description, or you can head immediately to mariewold.goals. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D.com slash goals. Again, it is totally free. It will take you 25 minutes And I've hooked you up with a bonus workbook just to help you reflect and process and really start implementing on all the breakthroughs that you have. So enjoy. Let me know how it goes because I know it's going to be a game changer for you. And let's get back to the episode. And so I really like to pick kind of what your primary offer is. I was talking to one of my clients about this today of thinking about it as like if you're filling a jar and you have rocks and pebbles and sand you start with the rocks. You start with the big rocks, the things that are going to take up the most room and be the most important. Then you add the pebbles, the smaller things. Then you fill in the gaps with the sand. If you start with the sand, it doesn't work. The rocks won't fit, right? So start with your primary offers as your big rocks. Decide when you're pushing that in your sales plan. Decide how much money you're going to charge, how many people you want to get, make those projections, and then decide, okay, secondary, what offer am I planning around that? If you have more offers, third offer, fourth offer, fill those in like the pebbles and the sand and build out your sales plan for the year. And again, this is not set in stone. And some months you're going to surpass your goals. Other months you might come a little shy and that's totally fine. These are just targets to aim for and things that you want to prioritize because then you can reverse engineer your leverage points and that's the next phase. So phase three, are we on three? I think we're on three, maybe four. If we talk about setting your goals, auditing your offers, making your sales plan. Okay. Four, (laughs) identify your leverage points. So essentially what gaps need to be filled for your sales plan to work. Because when you're making your sales plan, I don't want you worrying so much as like, well, how the hell am I going to make that happen? Like, how am I going to sell that many spots? How am I going to get that many clients? How am I going to manage that money? How am I going to support that many people? How, 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 how? Don't worry so much about the how. (laughs) Worry about what you want. And we figure out the how after. And we figure out what strategy and mindset supports the outcome that you desire. And that's really how I approach my coaching. So next step, once you have your sales plan and you know what you want, that's where we identify, okay, what gaps need to be filled for the sales plan to work? What knowledge or skill or strategy gaps need to be filled? Like if you don't know how to build and launch a course, but you know you want to do that next year, Obviously, that's a major gap we need to fill. If you want to bring on assistant coaches to work under you and expand the amount of clients you can serve, but you know how to do that, obviously, we need to figure out how to do that. Or if you want to start a podcast, or if you want to hire an online business manager, but you don't know how to lead a team, figure out what do you not know how to do and figure out what is still a question mark about executing the sales plan that you've written. 
I also want you to think about whether or not your current audience can support your goals. So like, do you currently have enough people following you on Instagram, on TikTok, on your email list, on YouTube, listening to your podcast, wherever you're putting out content, are you getting in front of enough people to actually make the sales that you want to be making? And if yes, great, keep up the good work. If no, then we definitely need to have a plan for your content and your visibility and your growth in the new year. We need to know how we're going to get in front of those people, whether it's organic, whether it's with ads, whether it's with prospecting, we need to have a lead gen plan. I also want you to ask yourself this question, which not a lot of people think about, but is so, 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 so helpful and telling. What would break if you hit your goals right now? What in your business would break if you actually had that client roster that you want? What would actually break if you had a million dollar year and you had to support that many clients? What would break if you actually had your 50K launch or your 10K month or whatever it is? What would break if you actually only worked 20 hours a week, if that's a goal for you? And by asking that question, honestly, that's one of the best like nuggets, one of the best light bulbs of this whole episode, because it will illuminate so much for you and help you figure out what are the areas that I need to improve for this to happen. So think what would break if I hit these goals right now? And then how do I make sure that it doesn't happen? How do I build the business now to support what I want in the future? Like your business needs to be prepped and ready to hold the vision, right? And so along with that, like, okay, if stuff would break or if you would burn out or whatever it might be, look at then what systems and team need to be added to support that. Do you need to hire an OBM? Do you need to hire a salesperson to take sales calls for you? Do you need to hire support coaches? Do you need to hire a person to help you repurpose content, podcast editor? Like what support do you need? to execute this stuff and be able to grow your audience, support those clients, deliver on the things you're selling. And then like what systems maybe are too manual that need to be really automated, what things need to be streamlined, what in the back end of your business is currently held together by duct tape (laughs) that would fall apart with too much pressure added. And then last but definitely not least, where will you need more support? Because as you add more clients, as you add more money, as you add more visibility, you have to learn how to hold more pressure. And all of those things are amazing. And reaching your goals is like incredible and something to be so proud of. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes getting everything you want is really hard. And I say that from experience, sometimes getting everything you want is really freaking hard. And so I want you to think about where will you need more support when it comes to your mindset, when it comes to making CEO decisions and standing behind them, when it comes to being a leader and running a team, when it comes to believing in yourself, betting on yourself, continuing to take that forward action. And for most people, the best move for support is a mentor, a business coach, because you just show up so much differently. You move faster. You make more confident decisions. You take action. You're accountable to your goals when you have someone in your corner like that. 
personally, I've been working with my mentor, Sabrina, for over three years, like almost three and a half years now. And I'm such a big believer in long-term mentorship, in choosing your mentor and like investing in going deep with them, going deep with one person who can really get to know you and hold space for you and push you back to the vision and really hold you accountable and make you own your shit. That is magic. And I would not be able to have the level of growth in my business that I have year over year over year without that like deep level of mentorship and guidance and support. I'm also deeply supported by my team. I'm deeply supported by my therapist. I'm deeply supported by my fiance, Andrew. I have amazing friends. Like I could not, would not, do not want to do this without the support system I have because the more your business grows, the more there is to trigger you, the more space you have to hold for other people, the more pressure you have to hold. Now you're responsible for like other people's paychecks and stuff as your team grows. So make sure that you have the support that you need before you need it, before you hit the burnout, before you hit the mental breakdown, the cute little menti B, have the support before you get to that point. Otherwise, it's going to be real hard to like walk it back (laughs) and get to a good place. So think of, okay, if I want to be a seven-figure CEO next year, what kind of support does a seven-figure CEO make? What investments is she making? What people does she have around her? What decisions is she making? How is she taking care of herself? And that's how you need to start showing up now, like right now really start working towards it really intentionally because if you can't hold it, it doesn't matter. Like if you cannot hold the result that you're desiring, there's no, there's no hope (laughs) of actually sustaining that result or even getting there. Cause really so much of the magic of reaching your goal is who you become in the process, right? So thinking about who do I need to be? What support do I need? How do I need to set up my business and prep it for this level of growth And it's also a reminder that scaling, growing is not like a one one phase. I scale and then I stop and then I scale and then I stop. Scaling and growing a business is a constant state of evolution and constantly auditing and identifying the leverage points and planning and refining and optimizing and getting support and being supported and clearing your mindset blocks. It's, It's constant. It never stops and scaling is an ongoing project instead of like a season. So think about it that way. Yes, it's so helpful to plan your year ahead so that you really have an intentional like bird's eye view. But these questions that you're asking yourself never stop. So the next phase is all about getting your mindset right. Because as soon as you set this vision, it happens every time. As soon as you set this vision, you pick your goal you decide what you want your lifestyle to look like, you start envisioning this beautiful progress and this growth, you start thinking about what that plan actually looks like and what you need to do to make it happen, and you're riding high, and then the mindset shit (laughs) sets in, and you start doubting yourself, you start facing imposter syndrome, you start going into scarcity, you start going into comparison, classic. It's textbook. Without fail, anytime you're preparing for a big season of growth and change, 
you will have to work on your mindset like without fail. The next level is just always going to be uncomfortable. It's always going to be uncomfortable and it's normal to experience major blocks right after you commit to that bigger vision. Like that is so normal, so expected. And just take that as a sign that you're going in the right direction. Take that as a sign that you are committing to growth because if you weren't growing, it wouldn't be uncomfortable. So make sure that you get your mindset right. Make sure that you in this process are prioritizing your self-care. You're prioritizing your support system. You are really being proactive again about that stuff because once you get too deep in the hole, (laughs) it's harder and harder to dig yourself out. So make sure that you have your mentorship on lock. You have a plan for who your mentor is going to be for 2023. I am accepting new clients at every level right now. So you can send me a DM on Instagram if you're interested in working together and we can figure out what programs are right fit, how exactly we'll reach your goals together and what that's going to look like. But whether it's me or someone else, get your mentorship on lock for 2023. Have a community of people who get it. And yes, it's wonderful to have your friends from high school, your friends from college or your past coworkers or your family who are cheering you on. But I highly recommend also finding a community of people who are in this space with you, whether they are a coach or an online service provider or a content creator or some type of entrepreneur cannot recommend enough having a community of people who are in this space and on this mission with you because there is no level of explanation, no amount of explanation that can get someone to truly understand what entrepreneurship is like unless they've been in it. And so that's why I'm such a big believer in masterminds and group coaching programs because this shit can get so lonely (laughs) if you don't have community, if you don't have people who truly are like in the arena with you. So make sure that as you're thinking about mentorship, as you're thinking about your investments, as you're thinking about your community and support for next year, I love a a mastermind. I love a group coaching program. That's why most of my programs include an element like that. Goes such a long way and the energy is contagious. I also want you to think about like what are the mindset exercises, the repeatable routines that I need really will need to anchor into to support this next level. And then you guys know I'm a big proponent, big supporter of therapy. (laughs) So if you need a reminder, this is your reminder to like book your next session with your therapist or finally get that first session booked to try a new therapist, whatever it might be normalized therapy forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) I'm a very big fan. Personally, my therapist specializes in working with entrepreneurs and I find it very, very helpful. And just having that really kind of objective third party who is not my business coach, who is not my romantic partner, who is not my business bestie, someone who is very objective and has that background is really, really helpful. So as we are planning and strategizing the business growth, making sure that we have the mindset support and the inner work covered, or at least some sort of plan for how it will be covered. And then finally, the final phase to think about is that we need to assemble kind of a comprehensive roadmap. 
we need to put all of these pieces together so that you have like a clear order of priorities and a bird's eye map for the road ahead. And of course, as you get into like the nitty gritty of month to month, quarter to quarter, you will be able to get more and more detailed as to what projects are ahead, what updates you need to make, what you need to be selling, what you need to be prepping for launches, what processes need to be put into place and having a business mentor or a team, ideally both to really like plan that stuff and suss out exactly what needs to happen when is really helpful. But essentially you should be figuring out this is what I want to accomplish. This is what needs to happen to accomplish it and reverse engineering when all that stuff is going to happen so that you can keep the main things the main thing because that's the main thing, you know? So making sure you know what priorities are, making sure you stay locked into those priorities because shiny object syndrome is very real and that you're not getting overwhelmed by thinking like 20 steps ahead because there is always more. There's always more to do in business. The to-do list literally never ends. Take it from me between myself and I have around 10 people working in my business on a weekly basis between all of us there's still stuff we don't get to there's still stuff that we have to push back and we have to shift priorities it never ends (laughs) y'all it never ever ends there's always more so figuring out what are your priorities what is kind of your order of operations if you will and really committing to that and putting your blinders on for everything else and then you guys know I'm so big on business supporting life. So please make sure that you are planning all the business stuff around your life always. So as you're finalizing your sales plan, when are you taking your vacations? When are you taking your like mental health staycations? When are you taking time off for the holidays? When are you really making space for the life stuff? If it's like, I don't want to work on Fridays. Amazing. How do we build that into the plan? If you always want to be able to pick your kids up from school, if you always want to be able to make it to their soccer games, if you always want to go ride your horse in the middle of the day like I do, like four days a week, five days a week, make sure that that is part of the business plan and that is baked in from the beginning. Because if you plan all the business stuff and then try to squeeze the life stuff around, it's not going to work. And you're going to end up overworked, burnt out, resenting your business because it's getting in the way of the life stuff, you know? So make sure that you're baking the life stuff into the business planning because we get to have it all. And you know, if you need an expert mentor in your corner who will help you make it all happen, you know where to find me. You know, you can send me an Instagram DM and we can figure out exactly what you need. And I always want to ground you in the truth that reaching your next level in business is going to require a next level version of you. So continue to prioritize yourself, your growth, your mindset, your happiness. Keep taking the next best step and you're going to be so shocked by just how much you can accomplish in 2023. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was helpful. Give it another listen so you can really digest and take notes. And I'm so excited to see what you do in the coming year. Cheers. Cheers.